When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching Vitama Cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com. Welcome to the Bolton that is most likely to be interrupted by Greenpeace protesters because nobody voted for it whatsoever. <laughs> for the first time ever, I'm joined by Jared. Is it Jared or Jared? Just so Jared. I get it right, Jared. I'm joined by Jared from Down Under. Mate, how are you getting on? 
Yeah, pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Uh, you know, trying to trying to stay awake. So, you know, it's getting a bit late down here because I've just had the uh, daylight savings have changed. So fun times. But it's good to be involved and on here again. Looking forward to the, the chat for the next hour. So where are you based? No, and, and, and you're in Melbourne, yeah. right? Melbourne, Ma- Australia. So it's currently 10.31pm. There you go. There you go. It's half past 12 here. Now, I'm trying to think here. My, my knowledge of Australian geography basically comes from watching Aussie Rules on Channel 4 on a Saturday morning. And my favourite club of the Aussie Rules was Essendon. Have I said that <laughs> right? Oh, so they're yours as well. Oh, well done, man. So are they, are they based in Melbourne? Yeah, just down the road, about 20 minutes that way. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just... So Melbourne's on the east coast of Australia. You've got three three main cities. You've got Brisbane, Sydney in the middle, Melbourne's southeast corner of the country. So we're down the bottom there. Ah, right, right. I always remember the Aussie rules was on before Gazette of Football Italia. Like that's then Aussie rules would finish and you would get Kabaddi. You ever watch Kabaddi? Which is like the Indian game of tug. If you ever Google it, uh, Google it, it's one of the most bizarre games that you'll ever actually watch. We've received some bad news today, Yarad, that Callum McGregor, after the game on Wednesday night, Ange Postacoglu basically says that McGregor looked like it was a bad one. Uh, He's been he's been there. They've just had the press conference, and he says that he's, he's probably out for a, quite a long time. It's going to be different seeing a Celtic team without Callum McGregor because it's been absolutely years since we've seen a Celtic team without Callum McGregor. Probably a way back to Neil Lennon's first time in charge. Um, so, how, how do you think Ange Postecoglou is going to handle this? Um. I don't think he's going to change too much, to be honest with you, in terms of tactics and formation. Like, he has won the league down here in the past where he played. So it was a four at the back, 2-2-2. Two, two, two. So as everyone says, I think it's the John Barnes formation. I think that's what it's referred to. But I don't think he's going to make that change because he have two sixes. But, yeah, I think there'll be some adjustment. Like, there's all the talk all over Twitter and everything is, oh, cool. You know, bring Liam Shaw back from loan, bring back Sorrow from loan. I don't think we need to get that bad, that like that far into it. I think we've got enough depth there. We, when Moy comes back from injury, he's an option. I don't know how long he's out for, though. You've got Abelgard who's looking to build his fitness up. You've got McCarthy can come in from the cold like he did during the week. So there's options there in the squad. And worst-case scenario, you've got Juranovic can also play defensive midfield, and that gives Ralston the run over on the... Uh, at right back, so there's options in the squad there, but yeah, with um, it's going to be strange with Kelmack out because you know, not a short one, so it's either going to no. be three or four games. You'd think if it's a medium term, if it's a, a big one, then you're looking at probably the year out, so it's going to be kind of strange. There's a, there's a couple of like problems come up right away because we've got a game at 12 o'clock tomorrow. And so, as you say, Aaron Moy looks like he's still injured and David Turnbull looks like he's still injured as well. So tomorrow you're looking at maybe Abelgard stepping up for about an hour or James McCarthy coming in or a, or a mixture between the two over, over, like the, over the game, which is not ideal, truthfully. It, is, it isn't ideal. But as you say, that the, how, how long is Moy out for, do we know? Is that just a... 
Not sure yet. The other one we forgot was uh, Gucci's just come back in the training as well. Yes, so. I, I, I noticed the lesser seen Ida Gucci was he was in the training videos before we went to Leipzig on on Tuesday, and I saw yeah, him running about. Seen, so, yeah, we haven't seen much of him. So he come in, got an early injury, and it's been injury after injury. So maybe it's a chance for him to actually, you know, one man's misfortunes, another man's, you know. Bonus, basically, it could be a chance for him to get in there and do something. Uh, it could, could well be a chance. I think tomorrow, uh, I'm, I'm, when I'm having a look at tomorrow, I, I do reckon McCarthy gets a start tomorrow. I really do because of the, the lack of options. If Moy's not fit and Turnbull's not fit, and it doesn't look like Turnbull or Moy are fit, McCarthy definitely starts tomorrow. He started the last time there in December when we had a midfield of McCarthy near beat on and I can't remember the third name. It would have been in there at that point. I think it could have been Adam Montgomery at that point. But uh, McCarthy comes in tomorrow, and I can see why people are worried. I'm not really worried. It's just that the news that Cal McGregor's going to do it for months is absolutely gotten, Jared, because we've been that used to him being there for years and years. And it's going to be interesting to see how the how the how the team the team uh, reacts to this. Yeah, it's going to be going to be strange. Um, as I said, like the tactics, the weight, the formation, the tactics. How Angel's going to want us to play? I don't think there's going to be too much of a of an adjustment period. I'm thinking it's more going to be a next man up sort of thing. That's the mm. way we're going to, have to deal with it. We've been talking for ages about you know we've got basically two two players every position, but then that backfired against St. Mirren. But this is where the real test of it begins. How many games do we have between now and the World, World Cup when it starts? About 11 more. So we're really going to have to see guys step up. We, we are that. We, we are that. And it's a, ter- it's a terrible, terrible blow uh, for, for the club. But... We try to act like a big football club. We make noises that we're a big football club so we can't moan about players being injured when we've got one of the largest squads in the league and we've got a squad where every single player would walk into any other team in Scotland probably apart from our rivals over the road yard. So we can't really moan that we've got these injuries. Yes, when we move up the level to the European, the European games, it is a loss, but... Domestically, it shouldn't really affect us that much, should it? Should it? Let's be truthful here. And I'm not being disrespectful to any other team in Scotland. I'm just probably spelling out the facts. No, I agree with you on that. Um, I think we've got enough depth there. More than enough depth in the squad for domestic football. And where we talk about, okay, like the opposition teams in Scotland talk about our oh, Celtic and Rangers and their, their deep pockets and their squad depth that we're way up in there. We're the St. Mirren and the St. Johnson in Europe compared to what we're seeing at the moment with what we're doing in the league, if that makes sense. So we're copping that battering and the squad depth isn't the same in Europe, but when you come back down into um, in a Scotland, our squad depth should definitely be enough. Should be. Um, 
What, what was your what, what's your thoughts for the team tomorrow then? I mean, we'll have a look back at Europe the other night. But what's your thoughts on your team on your on, on the team tomorrow uh, and longer term for the midfield? So who would you go with tomorrow? Uh, we're going to need to discuss Joe Hart, so we may as well start discussing Joe Hart just now. And I'm just going to drop out for two seconds, Jared. So you just need to talk. Just talk for two seconds. I can do that. <laughs> and and this, so, what's your team for tomorrow, Jared? Just let us know, Jared. So okay. Um, I said in the in the group chat with Ax, with the Axon chat that for me, I think we're getting to the point with Joe Hart where it's going to be questionable: does he play, or does he, or do we drop him? And I thought after the middle of the week, maybe it's time for um, Segrist to get a game because we've got to hold guys accountable. But now that McGregor's out. We need that veteran in the squad to wear the captain's armband, and that'll be that'll be Joe Hart. So he'll be in goals. Then I'm thinking right back will be Rolston, a centre back pairing. We'll see Carter Vickers at some point if he gets through training today, as Andy said. But it'll be Welsh and Jens and centre back, left left back. Yeah, it'll be Taylor, and then the middle of the park it's gonna be. This is this is a doozy. Do we go Abelgard for the first hour and then put McCarthy on for the last half an hour to try and build up Abelgard's fitness? That's probably what we'd need to do. No ideal. That's what we'd need for but going in so we can get that run before midweek on Tuesday. So I'd probably go Abelgard with Hatade and O'Reilly and then up front I'd be going Yakamakis in the middle. With a barter on the right and Mader on the left, a bit more direct on the wings against them. Um, I, I, I maybe agree with that. I'm going to bring up Kinky Cadet, which is one of the best names on this on this podcast. Haxa Yaka Yaka Marcus and Abada is start. I think I would like to see Haxa Banovic start. I think he probably deserves a start. Kyogo has been off it. Over the last couple of weeks, um, but then I think the whole team's been off it over the last couple of weeks, so that, that there's not not really hanging. But I think Yakamakis, I think Yakamakis was maybe sorely missed last week against Motherwell, and I'd like to see him starting tomorrow because we have got those options there, and I'd like to see a Kyogo come on as more the the impacts of Abada obviously missed during the week because of uh, religious reasons, and I do think Hacks Abada is a start. Yara, what do you think about that? Well, the thing with Haksavanovic is I'm a little I'm a little unsure where to play him because he looks good on the left, he can play on the right, but he can he's also played in the ten. So because we're now getting a bit shorter men in the middle of the park, does that mean we move a, a, a Jota or a Haksavanovic into the ten to see what they can do there in the league just to have a look at it? Because that's something I, I wouldn't surprise me if we saw that. Just this is a random idea there, but yeah, I'd still want O'Reilly starting. But yeah, I'd be happy with Haxabanovich starting over Maida. But I just think we're going to be a lot more direct in terms of a barter on one side, Maida on the other, with the target man who can try and win the win some headers, get the ball to him, flick ons out to the guys out wide, then the crosses come into the guy who's good in the air. So that's that's why I'm thinking we go with that combination up front. 
Yeah, right there, and and there's a, there's some great points coming in. Thank thank you for there's over three hundred people watching just now, and and you and you are all making massive points. Paul Paul McLean comes in. We cannot, I repeat, cannot make too many changes. Look at the St. Murn game. I'm looking at the St. Murn game as a one-off. As surely we can't be as bad again. Surely we can't be as bad as what we were for those whole ninety minutes against St Murn at, at New Love Street. Michael, 89, comes in. Tomorrow needs to be a strong team. Hart, Juranovic, CCV, Jens, Taylor, Abelgard, Hatati O'Reilly, Abada, Haskabanovic, G- oh, Abada or Haskabanovic, G- eh, Yakamakis or Jota. I like the look of that team, especially with Cameron Carter-Vickers back. Eh? I mean... Cameron Carter-Vickers is going, if, if he is fit, if he comes through the training session today, he's got to get minutes in his legs. Abelgard's got to get minutes in his legs. And we've only got one game today, and that's tomorrow, Yard. 100%. The one thing with that lineup there, Carter-Vickers comes in, I actually would rather keep Welsh alongside him than Jens. Controversial. Like, back, back it up, big man, back it up. Oh, the only reason... Is because okay, on I think like when you listen to the commentary of the game, like I know it was early, it was like a three forty five AM kickoff here, and I haven't watched the full replay back again to try and reaffirm this, but I remember hearing in the game a lot of the times the commentators are saying, and Welsh clear with the clearing header. Welsh coming across to clear the ball. So I remember hearing that quite a bit on the commentary. So to me, I barely heard the commentators mention Jens. And Okay, they were both are trying to build that partnership, and it's not as it's not that great. Jens is probably better on the left than Welsh would be, but at the same time, Welsh has played more games alongside Carter Vickers. So, for stability purposes, if you're going to start Carter Vickers, I'd rather keep Welsh in there as long alongside. Mm-hmm. Give Jens a breather, and then if you want to rotate them later on, if you've got to take, say, if you're only going to play CCB for say. 45 minutes to an hour just while he's coming back from injury, you've got Jens who can come in later on anyway. So I'm just, you know, throwing some ideas out there. I know. I mean, I don't think... I thought last week at Celtic Park when the, the game against Mullerwell, when we were struggling in the setting half, I thought Stephen Welsh came in for a lot of unjust criticism from the stands. Uh, because he doesn't move the ball as quickly as other centre-halves that we've actually got. You've got to remember that Stephen Welsh is our fourth-choice centre-half for a reason. and But he's, he's a fourth-choice centre-half that would walk into any other team in Scotland apart from Rangers, and that is truthful. But we ask our centre-halves today something completely different that a centre-half doesn't ask to get done at St Johnson or Hibs. They've got to be decent on the ball. They've got to be a danger when they're on the ball. And it was interesting. I saw a quote from, it was an Ajax uh, coach or media analyst this week, but he was talking about uh, Calvin Bassey. And he was saying, aye, he can tackle, but he's need, his passing's terrible. And he's no danger when he's actually on the ball. And you play for Ajax, you've got to be a danger when you're actually on the ball. And that's what we look for our centre-halves to be as well. So when people are talking about Ryan Portis and guys like that, you go, could Portis come into that Celtic team and do the job we ask our centre-halves to do? Not a hope in hell would he be able to come into that, that Celtic team and do that job that we ask the centre-halves that 
we asked the centre-half to do. Poster Cogley says during the week there that Jens has been thrown in far too early as well. He, he admitted that. He says he's getting more game time than I actually wanted to, wanted to expect because what we want our centre-half to do is a completely different job for any other team in Scotland. So I thought Welsh and Jens were getting a bit of a hard time last week. I mean, especially Welsh. It's an old Scottish thing that we seem to actually give our own mayor abuse and hope we actually give a big big name signing that come in. And sometimes I think performances last night, uh, last week, and uh, against St. Mun shine a light on guys who shouldn't really have football as a pastime because they really didn't understand what's actually going on with, with the game of football. And it shines a light on areas of the Celtic support who just want everything to be perfect all the time. And they didn't like when we have to get muddy. If these guys were around, I'm going to go off Celtic da here, Jared. I'm going to go off Celtic da, and I like going off Celtic da. If these guys were around in the 90s, they would all be supporting Man United. I mean, they would never have found a positive for Mark McNally playing centre-half. Never have found a positive. I've seen a lot worse centre-halves at Celtic Park than Stephen Welsh. But... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Seen that. Understand he's a massive drop-off, Jared, Jared to Cameron Carter Vickers and Starfield. But I understand that. I didn't think they'd done too much wrong the other night. I didn't think they'd done too much wrong. But if I was looking at it for Saturday, I think Welsh would be the one to step out just because previously and just favoured Jens when, when he's had to partner Cameron Carter Vickers when uh, Starfelt hasn't been available. As soon as Jens has came into the squad, he's overtook Stephen Welsh, Apart, mainly because Welsh got injured right enough. But if Cameron Carter-Vickers is fit tomorrow, basically, I think uh, it's Jens and Cameron Carter-Vickers are the two that are there. Okay, I'm gonna got a couple of points from there I want to go to. So I'm going to go right back to you saying about would Porteous do the job at Celtic? No? No. Not at all? He'd, be, he'd do the job if he was to come in and replace Bobo Baldi back in, you know, Martin O'Neill's era and stuff like that, come in and just lump people with his shin, in the shins. But now, no, he's not the player that we need. Second thing, um, Welsh is copping it in the same way Jamesy Forrest used to cop it and Ralston used to cop it. It's our local boys who come through the academy who take a little while to establish themselves in the team. People get on their back and it's like, doesn't matter what they're like you, and how well they play. There's always going to be people just waiting for them to fail or misplace one pass. So see, I told you he was rubbish. It's the same thing that staff felt copped all last season. Cause as you said, and just saying that Jens is in playing sooner than he wanted to, because it's a very specific task that he wants his center backs to do. Now, where are those people that were given staff out powders for years or all of last year? Where are all they at the moment while he's out? The, They've all the, gone very, very quiet lately. So, and they're yeah. all saying, Jared, that uh, Starfelt is new. The uh, is new Maldini. I <laughs> <he's> <laughs> a, I, 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 
Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, I understand Welsh is our fourth string. And the last thing I wanted to say from what you were saying is about Yens, why you think Yens will come in because uh, Welsh is the fourth string. It's pretty simple. Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Yens, all signed by Ange. Welsh was already at the club. Mm-hmm. So he's got to go with the guys he's signed because it, they're clearly there for a reason. And he's got to like be proving to the players that, yes, I signed you and I'm going to play you and this is what it is. So I can understand if Jens is in the team. I actually reckon he's better on the left, but I would like to see Welsh keep his spot. I think Cameron Carter Vickers improves anybody that's playing alongside him. Oh, yeah, the way Virgil did as well. Um, I, I think I think they've noticed that since Cam, uh, Carter Vickers hasn't been there, it doesn't matter, the partnership, it doesn't matter. Cameron Carter Vickers is our top centre-half by quite some distance and he improves anybody alongside him. I, I know where Alan Robertson's coming for here, Jared. I know where he's coming for. Surely against St. Johnson, Welsh and James can be good enough. Keep CCZ, keep CCV for Tuesday. I agree with that, but as I says, CCV will need minutes before going up against a highly capable Leipzig side on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I the way I'm looking at it is I can understand the point from that comment in the same way that we rushed Kyogo back last year and he played the cup final, scored some goals and then was out pretty much from the majority of the remainder of the season. So I can understand not wanting to rush Carter Vickers back if he's only done one training session with the team today and then he pulls up and plays the next day. I can understand it, why you'd want to keep him and get a few more training sessions into him before Tuesday. 100% understand your point there. But our back line has looked pretty shaky for the last few weeks here. So, yeah, if we can get him back in there, then we've got to do it, even if it's for half an hour. Uh, I, I, you're right there. Um, some, some of the great comments are coming in, and there's, there's a lot of comments I, I, I'm agree with. Beach Boys comes in. F- thank you for your comment, Beach Boys. Fans are allowed to give their opinion on whoever it is. Facts are: last three games with Welsh and Jens, we've conceded six goals and lost two, and lost two games. Fully correct. That is fully correct. But. In the last three games, we haven't had Callum Carter Vickers, so we're actually siding on the positive there. If we bringing him in, automatically improves our defence, and maybe that's why we're pushing for him to actually get get back into the team as quick as possible. And if he's fit enough tomorrow, I don't. I think we're in a different. But I think we're in a different situation. You mentioned the Kyogo situation there, and he played at St. Johnston the last time. Kyogo lasted twenty four minutes, and we had to bring on uh, the young lad. Was it Joey Dawson? We had to bring on, and Kyogo was out for three or four months after that. I don't think we're in that situation this time. I think Andrew trust Welsh and Jens if he has to play them again. I think he will. Well, we have, he'll have to trust him because we haven't got anybody else. But I can't see the point of we've, we've got two guys who have got first team experience. The reason that he played Kyogo in the cup final and also at St Johnson <coughs> was really because we had no one else with first team experience. This is a completely different scenario where we've got two guys who have got. Fair amount of first team experience between them, Jared. Yeah, understand that. Other points. And 
that's what we're saying. And that's what I've said in the group chat a few times as well. I love that we can get on and debate this sort of stuff. Like these are the sort of talks we'd be having pre-game, post-game at, at, at the supporters clubs. So that's the best part of this. Now, something that was that was said there, I'm just trying to bring it back up about the comment. Can you bring the comment up again for a second, if, if you can remember which one it was? Uh, oh, here you go. Well, she, uh, where is it? Oh, Beach Boys, there you go. Yeah, so we've conceded six goals and lost two games of our last three. Oh, Beach Boys. The thing about that for me is, okay, you've got to separate the two. I understand you've got Champions League and the league, and the league form hasn't been great. Champions League, I don't want to be pulling that into what's going on with our league form because completely different scenario. We're in year two of the Ange rebuild in Scotland. Our squad is really strong. Realistically, I'll look at this as year one of being a Champions League club again. We haven't been there in five years and we're the pot four team. So for me, anything, if we finish third, that's an, that's an improvement. That's a good result in our group. So... Yeah, we lost during the week, but we had a crack. We could have scored a few more goals. It's the same when we played Real Madrid in Europe. We are just wasteful. Same when we played Shakhtar. We were wasteful. Eventually, we've got to make that improvement and start getting converting some of these goals. It's the same issue we're having in the league at the moment in that, and this is where it carries over, we're just wasteful at the moment. That's the key thing for me. We're just missing so many chances. Since the Dundee United game where we smacked in nine goals, still making the same amount of shots on goal, but we're just not putting them away. So I understand you're saying we conceded six and lost two, but three of those six goals were in the Champions League. So realistically, we conceded three at local at league level, and we, we can, we're making that many chances that we should be scoring more than three in the same time. So not too worried. I'm not too worried either. I, I, as I say, I think the St. Johnson game was an uh, the, the St. Murren game. Hopefully the St. Johnson game's not the same as the St. Murren game. Got my Saints mixed up there. Uh, I think the St. Murren game was a one-off that you knew after about 15 minutes we were going to struggle. And everybody was, everybody was absolutely off it that day. With, with regards to Europe, you make a decent, decent point. I, I put after the game and I put in the chat after the game the other night there, right? That I'm fed up with Celtic directing traffic on a road that we want to go in Europe. I want us to get in a car and start driving up that road. And I'm, and I'm kind of fed up with either missing chances. We're doing this, we're doing that. And I just feel like we're, we're not learning anything, we're not learning quick enough. And I just want it to come back to me when we've got there, eh? and understand what you're saying, but I think what's really, really clear, I mean, understand now when you travel when you travel to Europe that you're going to get delayed. It's no, <coughs> it's no plain sailing, but that is a long, long process. But I think one of the things that you say is, I reckon we're a Europa League team. I've already, I've said quite a wee while that I reckon our, our place is Europa League. I reckon we would be fun in the Europa League. I would enjoy us in the Europa League. And when you look at the two teams that we've played, when you look at the three mob, the mobs that we've played, the Madrid are elite level. Leipzig are from, one, are from one of the big five leagues in Europe and Shakhtar Donetsk. We are Shakhtar Donetsk level. And that's how we managed to dominate them uh, in, in, in Warsaw. 
We, we're at the level of Shakhtar Donetsk, and the level that Shakhtar Donetsk are at, they've been completely stripped of all their major stars, and they've got Marion Sved playing with them. And that's not me down down in where Celtic are. For me, that's just a reality where Celtic are in Europe. We're, we're a Europa League team. We're a pot four Europa League. We're a pot four Champions League team and a pot two Europa League team trying to compete in a, in a competition that we've got no right to try and compete in. But we are having a go at it. We're not, we're not there parking the bus. And in no way, Yara, I've, I've, I've hated the comments when people have said, aye, it's tactically naive. No, I want to go and have a go. I want the players to be good enough to go there and play a certain style of football and not just sit there and hope for the best. We go out there and have a go. Yes, it's Stephen. I'm going to bring up Stephen Ray's point here. Uh, there's Stephen Ray's point there. No, that's about Joe Hart. I'll bring that up later, Stephen. I'm having a nightmare today. Right, here we go. Welsh gets it because he isn't very good at European level. We're starting to see a few players fall into that category. And I'm no surprised we're seeing a couple of players that are no good enough for European level because there's a lot of players in that team that are no good enough for Champions League pre Champions League level. And if you think that's a surprise to you, then maybe football's no for you. Because, of course, there's players in that team that are no good enough for Champions League level yet. Because there's a lot of the time that the first time that they've played in Champions League, League level. Of course, there's a lot of players not good enough for Champions League level, Yarad, because they're playing in Scotland for Celtic. If they were good enough for Champions League level, they wouldn't be playing for Celtic. Surely that's just facts. Yeah, I agree, Matt. It's pretty it's pretty obvious for, for me to say it. Like, I agree with you on 100%. Like, there's a massive gap between Scotland, which is what, maybe a ninth-ranked team in, in Europe, a league in Europe at the moment, and playing against a team like Leipzig, who's been in the Champions League, what, three or four years in a row, and has been in the top part over in Germany for I don't know how many years. You look at it and go, well... That team is at a different – we talk about levels a lot on our podcast where we're like, it's all about levels and knowing where you sit. And with us, okay, we're a Champions League team. We qualified for it. We're in the groups. We're having a, we're having a crack at it. But realistically, for me, a successful season in Europe this year is get to the counts, whether it's in the Champions League or in the Europa League, drop down, finish third, drop down to the Europa League and then go from the Europa League and try and win a knockout one. We haven't done that in that long, That that's what I want to see. So if we, you know, finish third, beat Shakhtar, get them on head-to-head -head now, finish third, drop into the Europa League, win a knockout game there, around there, and then whatever happens after that's a bonus. It's It's progress. I would bite your hand off, Yarad, because I quite like having two hands, so I wouldn't bite my own hand off. So I'll bite you, I would bite your hand off for third place in that group. Bloody cannibal, mate. <laughs> uh, but I would, and I, I says that at the start, I'm going to bring up, a, I've created quite a lot of debate here, which is quite, which is good for a show, which thrives on debate. Kev, if we're Europa League, and I agree, why did we go toe-to-toe -to -toe with RB, Rassen Ball, Leipzig, without our two best centre-Bs, Naive, Naivety or belligerence from Ange. I'm going to say it's just because we haven't got good enough players to actually date for the whole 90 minutes. These players haven't learned at these levels and there's some areas that we're going to need to improve if we want to play that football at elite level. But what the positive fact is 
as we looked okay. We've looked okay in every three games that we've played up until a point. Then the same mistakes start creeping and creeping in. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, there's another comment about Shakhtar here. Uh, I did start it. I did start it. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back up. Basically, what, what the comment was saying was, was if, if, if we're at the same level at Shakhtar, why did we dominate them? Well, we didn't beat them. We dominated them, but we didn't beat them. We didn't have that killer instinct at that level to actually beat them. So that's why I'm saying we're at the same level as Shakhtar. I'm confident of beating them at home. I'm confident that Shakhtar will only get another point in this group while we will. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm, I'm more confident we've, we've got a chance of getting at least one more win and a draw in this group, which will make us finish third, which will be a massive, massive success, especially with injuries that we have had to start off, start off this group stage, to, to start off the group stage. Robert Highland, Leipzig players were bigger, faster and stronger than us. Aye, that, that's... They were. They're, yes, in a, they're in a completely different sphere, sphere from where we are, and a different. They're in a completely different stage of the project than what we are. Of course, they were bigger, faster, stronger, but we still handled ourselves for forty-five minutes. And like it or lump it, the second goal killed us other night. There, Jared. The second goal completely killed that. Killed that game. Absolutely, you rule out the two VAR ones because that's what that's what VAR does. So I'm not even going to talk about them. The first goal that they scored, that guy's apparently being being sold for fifty two million because of a release clause to Chelsea. So that shows the quality and the class of the striker in, in, in Kunku. Then you've got Silva, the skill he's got. That second goal was just shambolic, probably the nicest word I can pick for it. But that last goal, their third one, that shows the levels that I'm talking about. How quickly they move the ball, they're bigger, faster, stronger. It ties into that comment because shirk a couple of challenges, get it to the middle, switch. you see the runner coming, flick it over to him, cross goes in, one touch, bang. Can't stop that. So it's, it's levels, that's the sort of thing, and it shows that you can't switch off. Like against Real Madrid, for 55 minutes, we were in that game. And then they go bang, bang, two quick goals. Good night. So it just shows that the difference is you can't switch off. You can't, you know, drop your focus even 2%, 3%. You do that, what happens? You, you can see the goal in the Champions League. In Scotland, we can get away with it. We can get away with it. Somebody else mentioned this week, and I think it was uh, John Paul Mason yesterday mentioned it, that when Atati played that ball against Motherwell on, on uh, Saturday, 
if that was against Leipzig or Real Madrid, that's in the back of the net. Carl McGregor's not even getting the chance to actually bring the guy down. That, that's in the back of the net, and that's the difference uh, in yep. European football. It's interesting, Poster Coglu is out. I mean, I think as fans, we've got a right to run away with ourselves. We get we get far too excited about the littlest things. But when you hear Poster Coglu talk, talking about Europe, he's gone, this is another stepping block. There's no way that we're going to go in there and be the finished article. And, and Lanky67 comes in and says that as well. It's going to take us at least four years to be a Champions League team. We just need to keep on improving the squad and let Ange do his work. But the thing is, when Ange goes, will the board stick with it? What we've also got to remember, there's only... That, that game on Wednesday night, I've seen so many games over the last decade in Europe where we've done well to a point. Then all of a sudden it's fell apart. We haven't been in the Champions League for five years and there's only there's been two constants in this decade of European failure, as I call it, because it is a decade of European failure. There's been two constants. The Celtic support putting their hand in their pocket and being utterly faithful through and through and the board failing to back us up and giving us a team to play at the European level. And we're still coming out I think we got the hope was because Ange Postacoglu gave us that hope the signings worked. The fact that we got back in the Champions League but the first time for the first time in five years. But the bottom line is, Jared, Jared, is we was playing in the Champions League for the first time in five years because of the utter failings of their board. Because they've never actually because they've never actually made a decent fifth there. Yeah, it's also sell you guys before, you know, you do anything. I was like every year we had to sell a player, bring in a certain amount of money just to keep the budget ticking over. And then we go and gamble that by spelling players for one, two, three million, like we're doing now. But the difference is now when Andrew's signing a player for that margin, you're getting a Juranovic, you're getting a Hatata, you're getting an O'Reilly, you're getting a Maeda. That's the sort of difference we're seeing. Back then, you were getting a Stefan Skepkovic. No. You were getting a Christian Gamboa. That, that's the levels there that we're talking. Like, for me, there's. There's a difference to what we're doing. We did a account on our pod as well. And in a, I think it was like in a 10 year period, but we're going for the 10. Those players, just at the striker position, striker or wingers, players that we could sign for under 2 million. We spent 26.5 million on players that left either on a free or on loan for like repeat seasons of their contracts. That's. Wasting the Kirantini money, basically. That's the way I look at it. So, look, we're doing it properly now. And just bringing guys in and building an actual squad. But it's early days still, especially at the it, European level. It's really, really early days at the European level. And I sometimes, there, there, was, a, there was a gross overreaction the, the other night by guys like the wannabe Wombles who can use WordPress with three fingers and they need the clickbait and like it was the same last week again against the against Motherwell. <laughs> I was looking at some of the reactions, I'm going, man, I went, I can't believe some of these reactions. These are overreactions. You've got to take where we actually are in Europe. Gary Melrose t- comes in and talks about Rassen Rassen Ball Leipzig. Everybody calls him Red Bull, but obviously the Germans, they're not allowed sponsorship, eh? so Red Bull just changed it to Rassen Ball. Eh? So you've still got the RB there. Gary Melrose comes in. Eh, the huddle breakdowns reminded us that eh, 
Leipzig's approach is to take a punt on 15 million to 25 million promising teenagers, keep the performers, sell on the failures, then punt them for 35 million upwards and start again. And he comes back in, he says, Celtic can't take a punt, a single punt on a 15 million pound teenager. That is three quarter of a record spend. That is true, Gary. That is completely true. But I'm on, I'm on the bus that we can't have that. We, 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 we can't have that. We've got to find a way to compete with these guys. And the only way that we're going to compete with these guys, I reckon, is doing what Ange Postacoglu is actually doing. Develop players to play in an exciting European style rather than just going, let's just, just park the bus in Europe and let, let's see let's see what's actually happening. But that can't bring instant that will only bring instant success. That is a constant process of getting better each and each year as we're going there. And I think we have seen development in certain players, but they're still not at a top European level yet. <coughs> oh, you're having a cough session there. I'll jump in. I'll go back Aye. one step even further. If you look looking at the whole red ball thing and you go, instead of looking at Leipzig, let's look at Salzburg for a minute. Leipzig are doing that 15 to 25 million pound on a player and they're looking to make their money there. What Salzburg are doing is say if they sign a player and then they sell them for 25, 30 million, right? They're going and buying one starting quality player to come straight into their squad at eight to 10 million pound, maybe eight to 15 mark. And then what they're doing is they're spending another two to three up to five million on their backup. So then they sell the starter at the end of the season. The backup comes in. Then they buy another another guy for the five million to be the backup for a year or two. And they've got that conveyor belt going. And that's how they're building up not just the sales and the price that they're getting for these players, but also the skill level and the depth and the experience in their squad. So they can also do it at Europa League or Champions League level. I think that's the sort of thing we're looking at doing at the moment. And eventually. Who knows where it'll end up? Oh, no, sorry, I'm muted. There. Uh, every, everybody was actually saying, I'm sorry that I coughed in everybody's ear there. I actually thought I had muted myself before I started coughing, but I didn't. So apologies uh, to anybody that I've just burst their eardrums or There's to... Uh, Kev's doing an impression of Ange. Yes, or to Ian Matherson, it goes, Woof, there goes my wig. Kev, hopefully you can catch it, Ian. Hopefully you can catch it. Hopefully you can catch your your wig. I'm enjoying Europe. I didn't enjoy the Champions League because I didn't think the Champions League's fun. I do not. I like the Europa League. I like playing. I'm looking forward to the games against Shakhtar. I think Shakhtar's going to be a big, big game for us. If we beat Shakhtar, I think we're finishing third in that group, um, and. That would be a that would be a massive improvement for us. Getting into the knockout stages, I'm like you, Jared. I want to win a knockout game. I really, really want to win a knockout game. I think that's a monkey that we really need to get off our back. And finishing third in that finishing third in this Champions League group gets us that opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's what what we need to do. I just haven't seen that in. Jeez, what when was it? 2004 or something was the last time we did that? Something like that? Was it Barcelona? Was the the last club that they bet in a knockout game? Was it Barcelona? So So it's going way back to Martin O'Neill time. Like, it's too long. We've got to get that, as you said, get that monkey off the back, get a win, 
And then whatever happens after that's a bonus because, okay, that's progress. And then next year, we're getting the cha- we win our league, we're getting the Champions League again. And what do we do? Instead of finishing third, now we try and finish second. And then from the second, move across and try and win in a knockout in the Champions League next year. That's progress. And that's how you build this thing over a few years. That's what how I'm looking at it. We've got to play the long game in Europe. We've got to play the long game and we've got to actually have a plan. And one of the one of the one of the biggest criticisms I've had of their board over the last 10 years that they didn't seem to have a plan. They just see how it goes, and I think that was proved. Ah, we're not going to go back over it. I'm not going to go back for Brendan Rodgers to Neil Lennon because I'm still having post-traumatic stress about that, but it will eventually get better. Uh, mentioning Neil Lennon, they're actually noticed he's a separate team now playing green and white hoops. I saw, them, I saw a wee bit of them playing Man United last night. Uh, I they played in, and Lenny Ball failed to beat Man United last night as well. Uh, I'm going to bring up, I mean, we're going through a wee bit of a rough patch, but if, you, if you're a fan of a Diddy club, they'll be going, you're not going through a rough patch. You're going, you're just, just you're just being spoiled and entitled because you've you won most games. But as a Celtic fan, it is a sort of rough patch if you, if you want to see it that way. I just think we're actually just fine in where we are. But EPH, Ange toughest spell so far. McGregor is out and the next player who is hanging about in his shadow is Hart, who's just had a stinker and gone through a sticky patch. Should CCV be given the armband? Jared, what do you think? Depends on his fitness. If he's going to play the full 90 minutes, yes. If he's not, no. I'm 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 old school like I, I don't like seeing the captain come off. That's just something that to me the captain should be a ninety minute player. So Colmac, that's why he's good playing as playing as the captain. He's he's injured. So it's the armband go to Joe Harding goals. Otherwise, hmm, who what other options do you have that you could put it on as a captain there? I'm struggling to come up with options. Because everyone's pretty much new at the club. So um, I could throw a little left field one. We haven't seen a lot of him, but Avogad was the captain at uh, Ruben Kazan last season. He's got leadership experience, but he's just in the door. Um, before that, Starfield was the captain at Ruben Kazan. There's an option. Greg Taylor is a captain in the comments. Yeah, that's actually probably the best shout of the lot. How would that be for a, a fair improvement? People wanting him out the door a few years ago to have him with the captain. Captain's armband. There's about five of them saying that in the comments at the moment. Yep. Give it to Taylor. Now, see if he gave it to Greg Taylor. There is a podcast 18 months ago where I said Greg Taylor would be a future captain of Celtic. And I'm not going to say, but this... But you can you can go back. I can go back and find things that I, I say, that I say wrong. So go back and say, son, I think, I think it's Joe Hart and Greg Taylor. I think that's the, I think I think that's the two. I don't. I think Greg Taylor. Uh, if you're not going to give it to Joe Hart, then it is Greg Taylor. But I think Joe Hart will be the captain as long as he plays. Nostra Kev, there you go. Yes. See, Gary Melrose remembers it. You did, Kev, and I agreed. He he he, he, he does uh, he does remember. It. I did actually say it, and I actually and I actually got dogs abuse. And I, if I. 
I've, I've got my phone, I was showing you my, my CSC WhatsApp group, and they will, they will tell you that I've been a big Greg Taylor fan for ages. Ian Matheson, <laughs> uh, Ian Matheson comes in and, and actually gives me a bit of abuse here, but I'm going to bring that up. Where did they go? Where did you go, Ian? Ah, there you are there. Kev, you're not often wrong, but you're right again. Thank you, Ian. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> Harry Fenny, 6'9". No having a Celtic captain called Greg. Well, unfortunately, we might have a Celtic captain called Greg. Joe Hart, for me, Joe Hart over the week, uh, was he at fault for the Motherwell game? I haven't actually seen it back, only saw it at the time at the Motherwell game, and I blamed Juranovic when I was in the ground. I did blame Juranovic when I was in the ground. Another night, I'm on the Ange bus with us. I blame the, the I blame us for not being brave enough on the ball and getting them the ball back too many times and inviting lights lights to God. I found that a really interesting take by, by Ange Postacoglu, where he wasn't going to blame the goalkeeper, he was blaming the guys in front of him for inviting lights to God to us for us not being brave, brave enough. Jared, you know more about Ange and us. Was that very typical Ange Postacoglu? Yeah, absolutely. It's um What's what's Ange in the best form of defence's attack? So we were telling everyone when he was first appointed, he'd rather win 5-4 than win 1-0. So, yeah, realistically, if our midfield was given, given something so the ball could be passed into them quicker and then we could play it out forward, then, yeah, that's what he's talking about. He wants to get – he wants some guys in there to actually step up and be like, give me the ball, someone make it happen. So we need someone to drive it forward. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm seeing in the comments here people are saying, oh, Wanyama's a free agent now. That's great, but it can't sign until January. So we'll probably get some players back by then anyway. But Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He'd be the um, sort. Uh, I'm the one interested in Wanyama. Yeah, I'm saying no, that I'm type. Though. For right. me, I'm that type. It doesn't have to necessarily be Wanyama, but you know, he's done it before in terms of he shows up in the midfield and he give you a, a target. He'll push forward, look for crosses to come in. He's someone that'll get on top of things and go, but. 
You need someone in the middle who's going to do that. And yes, Angus thought would be, okay, someone take the game by the scruff of the neck and get on with it. I would say Abelgard is that player. People are talking about Wanyama in the comments and Wanyama on social media and that. I think they've got that player in Abelgard. Yes, he looked extremely rusty the other night when he came on at the top level of club football, but that's to be expected to a guy. As Alan Morrison quite rightly pointed out, he's been training himself since May. Hasn't he played, hasn't he played a full game of football since May? I, I like the positional sense that he got himself in on, on Tuesday night. I think it showed something different that they've missed. And for those shouting about Wanyama to replace Cal McGregor, I think you're missing the point. I think it's already there. I think we've got a short-term problem tomorrow, but longer term, I feel in the squad, Jared, that we've got uh, like enough quality there. And Aaron Moy and Abelgard is the two guys that will come in and replace McGregor. I think that's an absolute given. But the problem is tomorrow, when it will probably see James McCarthy come in to start and thought maybe we'll see that as a problem. I'm not interested in this Van Yama. I think it's just, I think we need to get away from that. And I don't think Ange Postacoglu will be interested in Van Yama either. Yeah, I'm not saying to sign him. For me, I don't want him back at the club. He's had his time. Um, if he was going to come back, he would have come to us before he went to Montreal under Lennon. Yes. It's not going to happen. I've only brought that up because I'm seeing it, multiple people saying it in the comments there. And like you were talking about what Andrew's comments were. Yeah, and he wants someone to have a, have a dig and actually do it. And that's the sort of player that has done that in Europe for us. So that I was doing that more as a as an option. He's had his time. Wanyama, no thanks. And yes, you're right, Kev. Moy, Abelgard, McCarthy. We should be able to cover Kelmac being out between three players. Definitely. Jerry Coyle, what I'm actually saying, Jerry, is I'm no interested in Wanyama coming back. I'm no, not that I'm no interested in no talking about him. I'm just gone, I'm no interested in him coming back because I don't think we need him. Uh, I really don't think that we need him, and I don't think Ange Postacoglu would be would, would be like interested in in, in him as well. Uh, we've got like a, is it a tough game tomorrow, Jared. I think I think they we're probably flapping about this game more and more than what we should be. Uh, we're playing against a team that just got done of Derek McInnes's Kilmarnock and a team that struggled this season. It's not. We usually didn't have absolutely delightful performances on the Fenmers field, which is McDermott Park. But we've got a decent record up there. We have got a decent record up there. And I'm having a look at the squad. And it was the same when I saw the changes that were made for the St. Murn for the St. Murn game. We should have no problem actually taking care of St. Johnson and St. Murn. Yes, we are going to lose yes, we are going to lose games of football. But if you can't handle games, losing games of football, why are you actually watching football? Go and get another gun. Go and find another sport that's not going to disappoint you. Go and find another hobby that's not going to disappoint you. But I think we'll have enough to take care of take care of St Johnson tomorrow. I'm not actually I'm not actually worried about uh, taking St Johnson. I'm not worried about facing St Johnson with Welsh and Yens at centre half, and I'm not worried about Carl McGregor not being there because I still reckon we've got the quality up top and on in our club to actually beat St. Johnson Football Club. The funny thing is we're all talking about Cal Mack and his injury from during the week, and that's why he's missing the game on the weekend. Well, he's actually missing the game on the weekend because he got a red card last weekend. So we wouldn't have had him anyway, so we'd still be having this discussion. 
So for me, yeah, I agree with you. We should we've got it more than enough talent in the squad to get it get the job done. I always think going going up to McDermott Park's a bit of a uh, bit of a doozy because it's either one of those games where it's low score and you win like you know two one or two nil sort of thing, or it's high scoring. There's like no none of these middle ones where it's like you know three one or whatever. We either smack them or it's a or it's a and it's wide open or it's a scrappy game. So I'm hoping that we. I don't want to give too much away because, you know, if you want to get my proper preview on it, tune in for the match day coverage tomorrow because me, Liam, and Laura will be doing that. But a nice little plug there. But, um, yeah, I think we'll go there. We should have enough in us to go and win the game. Um, yeah, for me, I just, want to, I just want to see a good performance. At the end of the day, it's all about the performance first because I've got faith in our players and in Ange that if we get our performance levels up in the way it should be going, the goals will come, as we were talking about earlier. I don't think Poster Call, I don't think Ange is going to be worried. I don't think Ange is going to be bothered about, yes, you've lost one of your best players, but he's not going to be overly worried. There's a system there, we play to the system, trust the process, was it was the same Was the same last year. Kinky Cadet agrees with you, Jared, we need to get back in the groove. Uh, and that, I think that's it. We need a decent performance more than anything. I think decent performance and three uh, and like a, a three points. Uh, Ryan Kelly, bigger, faster, stronger. That sounds like a Daft Punk song. Eh? It does actually. Uh, Stephen Ray comes back and thanks for your comments, Stephen. Oh Jesus, Greg Taylor. I'm sorry, but the the GT fanboy stuff is getting out of hand. Taylor was showing up at this at European level for me. He's your Alex Cleland. That's a big insult that got comparing anybody to Alex Cleland, Stephen. Uh, good domestically, but exposed in Europe. I, I think Greg Taylor's been utterly fantastic for us this season, and I understand that he splits opinion, but. I, I, I think uh, he's, he's been great for us, one of our best players this season. Uh, Mr. Whip 55, sorry, Kev, but you're havering. If you think Taylor should be should captain Celtic Hart as a shoo-in for the job, aye, if Joe Hart plays, Joe Hart as the captain. But I think we, I think you'll you'll maybe find that Greg Taylor is the vice captain, unless James Forrest is, is, is on the pitch. What about Juranovic? There's, there's one for you. Throw another name out there. Can I say something about Juranovic, which might be controversial, Jared? Can I say something about him? Hey, you're the boss today. You're the one controlling the buttons. Go on. Uh, I think in the Champions League this season, you can see why he's went for Legia Warsaw is and not another bigger club. Not to say that he's been bad, I think I can actually see where there's an improvement in his game at that level. And I that's think what, that's how he's ended up at us. That's what this whole thing's good for, though, because now we can have a look at it and go, all right, so this he does this well for us, but he's got this, this, and this to work on. Cool, let's go and focus on that. So it's actually a good experience for him, but at his age, what's he going to be, 27, 28, something like that? He doesn't have long to uh, get it sorted. No, he's got one big move left. If he thinks he can get to that level, he's got one big move left, and he has to do it with us. He'd have and to have that, a Champions League, rest of the Champions League with us, and then do something at the World Cup with Croatia. 
if he wants to get that big move. Aye, and and I'm I'm not degrading the guy. It was just something that I've noticed, and there's a lot in him as well. And I'm I'm talking I'm talking about Jota really frustrated me against uh, Shakhtar. He, he really did frustrate me against Shakhtar. He's got to learn at this level. I think all these people that are going overboard with Kyogo the best since Larson and that that was always idiotic statements that. But you can actually see that he's got a lot to learn at European level as well. But you're talking about a guy that's came for Asian football. Into the creme de la creme club football in the world, more than likely. Of course, he's looking short. Of course, he's absolutely looking short. Because if he was a Japanese utter superstar, he would have been. He would have been like not at Celtic. We wouldn't be getting him for three million pound. And sometimes I think that we do get uh, we get carried away with ourselves. eh? And saying these guys are not at European level, like. European level yet is no slagging them yet, Jared. It's no slagging them for me. It's just pointing it up. It's we've said it enough on this episode today that it's we're all majority of the guys, it's their first time playing Champions League. So they've got to learn and get used to the level. And then next year when we come back into it, we qualify for Champions League again, they'll be much better for it next year. But you know, we're Celtic fans, we're impatient, we want it all now. So We've got to um, just roll with it. So you're doing the match day tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to actually see the match tomorrow. Can I actually admit this? Can I actually admit this on a live Celtic podcast that I'm not going to see the match? Uh, and I'm not probably going to miss the next four games because I'm going to the land of Hugo Sanchez for a couple of weeks. And I don't know if I'll be able to actually see the games, but I'm in there tomorrow as we're playing St. Johnson. Uh, so you'll only be seeing my, you'll only be hearing my, or seeing me, or hearing my dulcet tones for a couple of weeks. Anyway, I will be keeping updated via Axom and, and your great match coverage, um, Jared. What's your prediction for the morrow then? Three one Celtic, and the ones because we, I think we've got to, we'll probably get a dodgy penalty against this. I can't see St. Johnson scoring against us. I mean, they've got Stevie May up front and Stevie May is like a traffic cone blown over in the wind. So I can't really see them, I can't see them troubling us. I can see, I don't like you doing predictions, but I think Jack Amarcus will start and score. And I also think we'll probably get, if, if I was a betting man, if I was a betting man, I would put money on, I've got a wee gut feeling at Haksabanovic. <coughs> Sorry, of course, again, might open his Celtic account tomorrow. That's that's my feeling. The only reason I said 3-1 and their one with the penalty was because May does a good job sometimes of getting in awkward positions around centre-backs and as soon as he feels contact, he, he like goes down relatively easy. So depending on who the referee is, it's uh, a good chance for him to give, give some cheap penalties against us before VAR comes in. I have cheered up the underwater cabbage salesman. Yeah, and Kev for weeks. Cheers. What, 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 before we wrap up, Jared, I keep on calling you Yared, so I'm just going to keep on calling you Yared now because it's easier for me to actually say, and uh, I'll put you in my phone as Yared. Uh, the in-laws. Uh, what, 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 what's your thoughts on Maeda over the last couple of weeks? Disappointing. 
Um, trying to figure out the best way to say it without, you know, putting my foot in my mouth and dropping some language here. But he's been um, he's been flattering to deceive. Let's be honest. Like he's come in last year. Yes, he's got good work rate. He's pretty direct. But for me, the issue is I don't think he's getting anywhere. Like the service he's getting isn't that great. Like he's either half a step ahead of the ball when it comes into him or he's slightly behind it. Like when we play Real Madrid and he scuffed it, he's out of position. Another game, he's jumped too early. So he's just been like that little bit off. So I think he's the sort of player with – he's got the work rate – he gets into positions, but he's so reliant on his teammates to give him good service to do stuff that, like if he's in scoring and that, that you know he's not playing to the levels I'd expect him. However, I think he's. I'm going to keep saying this. I think he's more a striker than a winger. I think we're putting him in on the wing just to get games into him because in Japan he plays as a striker, but in an Ange team with the pressing and that. His motor and his how fit he is works better on the wing. But in the mm-hmm. Japanese team, he plays as a striker where they sit deep and counter-attack and his speed comes into it. So he's actually more a striker than a winger naturally. But for us, he's trying to do a job for Ange and the squad. I think over the last couple of weeks, we've actually seen why he's ended up at us, um, especially in the European level. I, I don't I don't think he's got the technical ability to play centre forward for Glasgow Celtic. I don't think he has. I don't think he's got the technique. I think there's a lot lacking in his game. Uh, but I love him. As you say, on a wing, he suits an Ange Poster Glasgow Celtic. Uh, but I think as well, we're probably judging a lot of guys who whose form have dropped off over the last couple of weeks. Last but not least, Yara, see, I'm just going to keep on calling you that. I'm just going to keep on going and calling you that. Uh, Paddy Lavery. Lav- Lavery. See, I say, I'm saying that wrong. So, Yarad, can you buy one of the flags anywhere? The last comment of the day. Good, good question, Paddy, because I've just ordered some more for the Sydney Super Cup. So if anyone's out there, I'll have about 50 of them up there with me. Uh, once that's over, I'll be I'm setting up an online store for us to sell them uh, T-shirts and hoodies. So... I'll get the link shared on our podcast as well. So keep an eye on that. Check out the Celtic Down Under podcast, subscribe to that, and um, you can find all that info on there. Eventually, when it all comes up to speed on it all. Brilliant. Right, lads. Uh, it's been great being, being on with the big man. Uh, first time that I've been on with him. Hopefully, it will only be the last. Uh, that I've been on with. Hopefully, I can do a match day with you at one point. Uh, Everybody in the comments and the 500 that are on, thanks. Please give us a like. Please give us a subscribe. Please give us a subscribe. And just remember what I say at the end of everyone, every episode that I'm on. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And Dinny be Bams teacher and come on the hoops. See you all later.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.